Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody? So I want to uh, welcome everyone today uh, to the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown. We are a strong, open, global, connected community centered on the clarity of principle through teaching, service, and practice. We create a safe and respectful environment that supports health, spiritual growth, and community. So we are excited to have all of you here. And oh my God, do you all look great. I would like for us to do our opening prayer, which is the Declaration of Principle. I believe in one God, one absolute power, and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love, and it creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is created, and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life and the immortality of the unity unfolding. I believe in the eternal goodness, the eternal loving kindness, and the givenness of God to all. And so it is. So as you all know, we are in a transition. And I can say the transition has been a good experience. We've got very good people that is in charge of this transition. Um, our board president, Lee Huff, has done an amazing job. We have two metrics, two measurements that will say where we are, that we are doing what we're doing, that our system is built with integrity. And that is the number of people that we have here and our bottom line. And I can say today, President Huff, we have met the number of people. You guys look awesome. And of course, I'm certain the bottom line will follow that. Along that same line, a lot of you have end of the year givings at your companies, at your organization. We would like to be considered as one of your nonprofits, one of your charities for your giving criteria. We are a 501c3 and we are registered with the IRS. So we would love to have that opportunity uh, to be one of your choices going forward. I do wanna thank one individual that has just been so awesome throughout all of this development, all of this transition, and that's Connie. Connie, please wave. <laughs> so you guys, you know there's always that one person that knows how everything connects. So this dot has to connect with this dot or else it just doesn't work. So Connie, thank you for all that you do. <laughs> So 
So today we have our, I, I, I don't want to say special guest, but special guest, Reverend Dr. Don Korn. Um, many of you know him. We've studied together. He was with the organization, and John is now the Dean of Students at the Emerson Institute. So he's gone on, and we're very blessed to have him um, with the RSBPs coming in. Everybody was saying, congratulations, John, John. So they were really uh, excited about this opportunity as well, even though they were not able to make it. They just had well wishes uh, for John. And of course, I shared those uh, well wishes with John. So the topic of John's talk today is flip the script and win the day. So I got a few notes myself on flip the script. So the title, of course, I just absolutely love it because it reminds me on day to day where we are and what it is that we have to do. And before coming here to the uh, teachings here at the Science of Mind Center for Spiritual Living, I actually just went along with everything in order to fit in. Um, most of you know I was a Catholic. So that was the thing that said, in order for you to fit in, you just don't say anything. Now, in my mind, I'm saying, well, this would be better. This could be different. And again, I'm having this conversation with my mind. And this is where I learned to flip the script in taking the classes here. The script for me was the script in my mind. It is what my mind was saying to me that caused the experiences that I'm having. So at no time were there any experience that my mind was not part of. So when I learned here through the teachings that I had a choice, that I had an option, I was absolutely excited once learning how the universal principles worked. It was a very freeing experience for me and it taught me to connect with a higher power. Not the religion, not the outward signs, not the symbols, but my higher power. And through this, I learned that I can flip the script. In flipping the script for me, I found peace much peace. So here we're going to do a treatment for peace. So as we come together, we're centered, knowing within that there is just the one source, the one source from which all come, the magnificent source, the oneness, the universe in and of itself, the one principle, peace that gives to all. And in this knowing, 
I can say I am connected to this oneness. I am connected to this universe. I am connected to this magnificent. And out of this magnificent, it is peace, the thought of peace, the idea of peace that is now in front of my attention. And it is this idea of peace that begins to unfold from the universal mind into my one mind, into all of my affairs, into the affairs here at the Center for Spiritual Living, into the community, into the world, we ask for an unfolding of peace. It is peace to the north, peace to the south, peace to the east, and peace to the West. It is as my role as the conduit to bring peace to all the situation, to all that does exist. In my role, I am so thankful and grateful for this knowledge. And for this, I am grateful. And so it is. Good morning. Very good. The sound is perfect. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be back. And today's talk is Flip the Script and Win the Day. On April 20th of 1913, Sir William Osler delivered a speech at Yale University, and it was a simple message. Live in daytight compartments to be successful. So what are daytight compartments, and who was Sir William Osler? So from, I looked up the term daytight compartments and it runs from about 1750 until around uh, 1910. And the definition was it was that when you live in daytight compartments, you're not letting in yesterday's trauma or issues and you're not bringing in your worries about tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you're, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're in there, you don't let any influence in from yesterday <clears throat> or tomorrow. Whatever happens on one day isn't allowed to affect the next. So if we're not living in daytight compartments, we probably aren't manifesting anything constructive because we're not monitoring the content of our thoughts. And then back to Dr. William Osler, he was a Canadian man that came to the U.S., went to medical school, and he was one of the four physicians that founded Johns Hopkins University or Hospital. Then there's another term, another concept, having days when decades happen. And by that, I mean the evolution occurs rapidly. I counted yesterday, we have 32 wars or active um, violent occurrences going on around the world right now. We know gun violence is at an all-time high. This is an unusual time for us to be here on the planet, but I believe that each of our evolved souls are here on this planet with our level of consciousness at this time on purpose. 
we are the ones that are here to move the consciousness up to the next level. And the ones to say, no, I won't participate in violence. No, I won't um, take children from their parents. No, I won't do these things that, that conflict with what I believe God would want for me to say or do. So the day we all heard about Amon Arbery, or George Floyd, or Breonna Taylor, or Tyad Nichols, all wrongfully killed, the day Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, the day a woman of color was elected to our vice president's office. Those are days when decades happen. And the same is true in our lives. We're experiencing it as well, along with everybody else, because we're all one. We are all connected. Where one is going up, everybody's going up. Somebody's going down, we have to tune in and say, that's not where I'm going to go. I'm going to do my spiritual work. We are the microcosm in the macrocosm. Destiny is not a mirror, it's not a mystery. Destiny is a decision, and we are all just one decision away from a totally different life. Here's the idea. If you want to change your life, you have to change your story. And there are two kinds of change. First order change is when you have an idea to do something. We say treat and move your feet. You go ahead and get active. This may be as simple as an idea of losing weight and let me take some steps to make that happen. Second order change is mind over matter. Everything is created twice, once in your mind and then once out here in the physical. And then our manifestation has occurred. Everything was once a thought, and by the way, that includes each of us. None of us are accidents. We're all here on purpose. I probably said that to you before because it's my message seemingly. Ernest Holmes said that the creator delights in the multiplicity of the one. And for me, the multiplicity sounds like diversity of expression. That's what I get from that. And that the creator delights in the feeling of good or love. We know that if you bring in love to your treatment work, it manifests whatever you're working on right away. Love is considered the jet fuel of treatment work. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. On average, we're having about 60,000 thoughts firing across our synapse every day. And for the untrained, around 80% of those thoughts are negative. So our problem is we have stinking thinking, but we have the option to be more proactive and to tune in when we have a negative thought pop up. That's something I work at all day, every day. And it's only, I think those of us that work this hard and end up finding out they're a minister one day, someone's giving you a piece of paper and it's like, what? It's because we had to work that hard. Those of us that had to overcome quite a bit. We end up graduating with a degree. 
that everyone can do this. Everyone can work on their thoughts when that negative one comes in. Catch it. Turn it around. I speak to my higher self that that thought no longer interests me. There was a way that was explained to me using the word interest because our mind takes off with the word interest and it creates from there. So the battle is won or lost in our mind. We know it's the stories that you tell yourself are more important than the situations you find yourself in. With that as a backdrop, we can go to the book of Genesis 50-20. When Joseph was a teenager, he had a dream that his brothers would all come up and bow down to him. So he made the mistake of sharing that dream with them the next day, and his brothers properly sold him off into slavery because they could do that back then. And things go from bad to worse as he ends up in prison for a crime he didn't commit. The Pharaoh came to him for a dream interpretation and found him to be wise and all-knowing, ended up putting a signet ring on his finger, and he ends up second in command for that country. And after 13 long years, his brothers did come knocking. And in that moment, the brothers bowed down. And I call that a psychic dream when I have them, and then years later you see something. So the vision he had at 17, the vision that took him off the rails and took a wrong turn, the vision in that moment became reality, and that's a day that decades happen. Do not give up on the dream that's within you, tap, tap, tapping to come out, because that dream is designed to come out as only you can bring it out, as only you can bring it forward. So I completely encourage you to let it out, whatever discontent or whatever is in there, seeking a way out. Now, if you want to flip the script, there are three things you have to do. One is you have to know the name you gave yourself. Now, this is not the name your parents gave you. It's what you have chosen as your identity. It's based on other people's, it could be based on other people's opinion of you. You might have let that in and let it become your name. You have to also fix your focus. Remember that 80% figure of 60,000 thoughts a day. Well, what are you giving your attention to? Are you tuned in? Are you able to um, catch these negative thoughts? Are you able to give them up, let the universe know you're no longer interested in them. What I am interested in is being at peace. And that's the way you flip that. And use the word inter interested. More than a century ago, oops, I just I moved on too fast, I'm sorry. Number three is change your story. All right, so that sounds like a lie, I think. And I think changing your name sounds like a lie. But change your name is about your identity, who you think you are. And number three, change your story. We're going to talk about that now. More than a century ago, Charles Horton Cooley in 1905 
found himself the founder of the American Sociological Association. I believe this was the birth of socialism um, in class in college. He taught this um, for years to come. And he said, I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am, but I am what I think you think I am. <laughs> so did I just throw you off? I'll say it again. I am not what I think I am. I know that. I am not what you think I am, but I am who I think you think I am. Okay, that's somebody taking on someone else's idea of you and calling it your own and living your life from that place. And guess what? All that stuff you're thinking about is going into universal law. It goes around like this. It's my best way to explain it. And universal law is an aspect of God that is simply saying, and so it is. Here you go. And I'm going to give you plenty of experience with this stuff that you're manifesting so that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You believe it more strongly than before. You keep having these things happen and you're saying, see, that's the truth of me. But that was never the truth of you. And I've wondered when we take on someone else's stuff as ours. In this teaching, we say that children aren't responsible for the consciousness they live in, for whatever it is they're going through. And at about 18 years old, as they become a young adult, they take over the consciousness issue for them. And what do they do? They do the same consciousness that they came from. It's because that's all they know. So what, as I've thought about this, I've thought um, children are manifesting things. And I think I've misinterpreted what I was taught. Children are going to manifest just as easily as everyone else in the household from that consciousness at home. So when does the child start to believe that's their, their identity? Is it when they're in utero? Is the mother passing on stuff to the baby before it's born? Or is it when, within a few weeks of going home, um, depending on what that home is like? Or is it a few years later, maybe at the start of school, where children you know, bully and put other people down and the kid believes that's their truth? So when that happens, or when someone comes to you with that going on, or even for yourself, you're thinking to, I'd like you to think about what is your challenge that you have taken on that was never your truth, actually, and to go back before it. And so I put myself through this, and I think for myself, I can go back to three years old and remember things. I have one memory from before then. And so if I go back, I'm using myself as an example, but I want you to use whatever your issue is. If I go back to three, that was when the world was my oyster. 
whatever I thought about manifested that fast right in front of me. This is why kids can't talk. I'm certain of it. They would tell us the secrets. A kid gets what it wants pretty fast. So they're thinking, I want this or I want that. Bam, it shows up. But at some point after that, it's when they take on this error belief about themselves. So if we can go back to where that kid was before the belief, when they knew the full power and presence of God was within them, there was nothing they can't do, no challenge too great, because they had never been through a challenge that they didn't succeed in as of yet. So we can go there and start there. Oh, yes, this is my truth. Speak it to yourself. Meditate on it. I am created out of the creator. Divine intelligence, divine love, divine expression seeks to come through me right here and right now. And it's not mine to worry about. I allow it through. That's where you need to go, where I'd like you to go. We might do a short meditation at the end of this, if time allows. I'd like you to, to simmer on that and take that home with you. Because remember, once the untrue ideas came in, you started creating with that. The good news is you don't need a ton. Uh, you don't need the same amount of ideas that are truth, your truth, because less of that is needed to flip the script for you. So you don't have to overwhelm every single one of those negative thoughts that are coming through. And I'm have, I'm, I went way ahead of myself. I just got going. So there's an old biblical story about Peter out in the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night. And he was able to walk on the water so long as his faith was strong. And when his faith dwindled, he started to sink. And there's an old um, RSI minister that did a talk on this at the Affiliated New Thought Network which um, convention, which I was recently at. Um, it's where Emerson students have their graduation at Unity Village. And he said, you have to know what the RSI ministers were like. Our people that have been around for a while probably know. Um, he said they weren't walking on water. <laughs> they were just waking up after partying all night, and they thought they were. I thought that was so funny. It, it, it reminded me of everyone who had ever taught me anything um, from Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta to the present time. Johnny Coleman, I hope all of you know who she was. Johnny Coleman was like our Dr. Barbara King here. They both went to Unity Village I believe in the early 60s when segregation was going on and neither one of them were allowed to stay on campus. And it just, it blows my mind because Ernest Holmes didn't buy into that. He said, no, that is wrong. We won't do that. But Unity says we did that because we were following the law. We thought we had to follow the law. Of course, Barbara King and Johnny Coleman went back and created something using the teaching they had received, but it was not a unity church. You know, neither one of them seemed to have, you know, wanted to carry that forward. But um, of course, unity needs them. And so unity has, you know, devoted buildings to their names. 
But when Johnny Coleman was asked about that time, she said, my faith is strong. That's how I got through it. I have very strong faith. And when I heard that, I thought the same thing. My faith is strong. I have no doubt about this teaching and about its process and about how things manifest. And metaphysical Bible makes perfect sense to me. So I'm able to let go of the untrue or a negative thought when it pops up. I am able to let go of it pretty fast. I've been slowly releasing all the patterns of belief I've had since childhood um, because that's a little more work. That takes root in you and you have to go back through it. But it's very nice to know that I have the power and presence within me and that is greater than anything else that could come along. And you know, for Ernest Holmes, he uses that to help people with addiction. He said, there is nothing in you that the power and presence can't overcome. And he uses that in his addiction treatment. So for myself, the old stuff is no longer my story but it's become the backstory behind me. And it can be that way for you too. So I hope whatever you're dragging forward right now quickly becomes your backstory. Because we're going into a season now of supernatural acceleration. We are being awakened to the gifts of spirit, or law if you prefer, in an unprecedented way. We're going to see demonstrations of love and power. And we know love is the jet fuel of manifestation. Don't forget that. And when you have a setback, you don't have to take a step back because you already contain all the power within you to move forward. Those step backs, those little thoughts are the ego saying, don't leave me behind yet. Not just yet, I got more to share with you. So we don't need that going forward with us. And the ego brings it up all the time and you just stop and correct that. So you are not my truth. The power and presence is within me. My truth is love. My truth is peace. My truth is not that thought that just slipped in. The power we call God, God or law, is already acting on your new story, which is coming forth now. And so this is your faith. This is, this is your truth. This is my truth. And so it is. All right, do we have time to do like a five minute? Okay. So... I don't believe I can walk too far. <laughs> Connie, is this okay? All right. Um, what about up there? Oops, I probably should move this way. All righty. They have me in about this much space. So let's take a second, kind of settle back in your chair, and close your eyes. And know that you are supported. That chair against your back, 
peace underneath your bottom, the floor under your feet, you are supported right here and right now. And as you breathe, we know all this support has been here all along. And we breathe. And we know right here and right now, the power and presence of the one has also been here all along with us, yet we didn't tune into it. We didn't turn in. It was waiting all this time and we didn't know. And so gradually we come to know that everything is God. There is no spot where God is not. And that includes each of our lives. And it includes everywhere we go. It includes everyone we encounter. It includes all of nature and all the animals and beautiful works of art. It is all God. And since everything is God, we are created out of God. Every cell of our body is a manifestation of an idea held in the mind of God. And it is each one of us here and now. As you breathe, my voice is the voice of God. I see with the eyes of God. I hear with the ears of God. I walk with the muscles of God, the bones, the neurons, the cells. And I know it is all God. I simply allow it through now. As I rest, I feel the power of God going from my toes to my head all the way up. And we let it go. And it goes out and around us as well. It becomes our aura. But in this moment, I let go of fear I let go of lesser ideas, statements that are not true of God. And as I know something is untrue for God, 
God not being lovable, God not being good enough, I know that is ridiculous. And instead, God within me and I myself are, is or are the power of love. God within me and I myself are the presence of love. God within me and I myself are the intelligence of God. God within me and I myself are the creativity of God. There's no lack of creativity here. And God within me expresses the love of God straight through the middle of my chest out into the world. And with that, we can start to shift in our chairs, wiggle your toes, do your shoulders around, and come back into your bodies. And as you're ready, you can open your eyes. And so it is, thank you. I'm grateful to have been here with you today. Thank you, Dr. Karn, for that wonderful talk this morning. Um, we're glad that you all are here in person. And now is our time for prosperity, to talk about prosperity. Barbara talked about it a little bit earlier. And we have the opportunity. There's baskets in the back. Um, there will be a QR code up on the screen in a second. And there it is. So if you would say with me our affirmation of prosperity. I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me, multiplied abundantly. And so it is. So you can go to cslmidtown.org slash donate or click the QR code that you had up there. The We appreciate you. We're <laughs> glad you're all here. We're glad you're online um, visiting us. Whenever you see this, whether it's now, live, or later. Um, so give us the opportunity to be your center for spiritual living. And I'm going to hand it over to our board president, Lee Huffman, for some announcements. Thank you, Matt. Wow, what a fantastic service. I want to thank Barbara and John for a great talk. And um, I want to thank everybody that's brought this all together. It's amazing to stand up here and see over 20 people in the, in the uh, building here and to see all that food. That's looking really good. <laughs> and so I think this is a statement of the transition team and what they're pulling together and how good this is going to go uh, as the first real service that we're doing as a transition team, I just think the team has done fantastic. What do you think? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so next week, uh, there's always the study group. I want everybody to remember um, that's at 10 o'clock online and you can go to the online link on cslmidtown.org and uh, click on that and put in the code and you'll get right in. And then we have a guest speaker with Reverend James Peake. He's speaking on the, the topic of the sacred. What is sacred to you? 
And um, Reverend Peak is um, just an amazing man. I think you'll really enjoy the talk with him. He um, is a CSL ordained minister, and he's had his own uh, centers in the past, and now he's in charge of technology for CSL in the uh, home office in Golden, Colorado. So uh, interesting person. Uh, the transition team is doing a great job, and I want to thank all them um, and the people that made this service come off today. Um, a lot of the same people that have made the other services come off, um, but it's, it's just coordinating all the work to get people to come to have the speakers. It's always great to see John, and um, good to see you again. And so I just want to thank everybody there. Um, now, um, we are... Um, sorry, my notes here. <laughs> um, this team is um, really committed to carrying out the same message and the same thoughts that have come down from um, Ernest Holmes, Raymond Charles Barker, Kennedy Schultz, and the people that are in the lineage, as John was talking about there. I appreciate you mentioning the names, um, reaching back to some of our ancestors and parents here and because it's really an important thing that we're doing today and uh, that we're continuing that within the center and that's what the future of the center is all about are looking at our past and realizing that it's still relevant in everything that we do so I just want to thank everybody that's doing that and now for your part there are two things that I mentioned last week that you can do and we're going to continue doing that number one you can continue to participate Come and join us here on the first Sunday next month. You'll, you'll share in the food and share in a great community here after this. And also participate online with a study group and with the service. Those are very important to be connected in, and we want you to be connected in. And the other way that you can be connected in is, as Vance said, and I think Barbara said, you can give um, because we do need your support, and we do appreciate your support, and that's how we move forward. So um, I think that's, that's it. Oh, the other thing that you can do is definitely continue to hold us up in, our in your treatments and your prayers for the center. We are doing amazing things, and I could not be more pleased with what people are doing today. So I think that's it. I'll turn it back over to Miss Barbara. Awesome, awesome. So as you guys can see, we are continuing on with the quality of the service and, of course, the way that we work with you. One of the things that we have done is incorporated a new concept, a new idea. So we want to turn to our online community. And this is an idea that came to us from one of our practitioners. Mayu, would you like to come up, please? And guys, if you have ideas or you see something that you would like to have incorporated, see me or my or any one of the board uh, members, and uh, we will yes, and we will have a discussion as a group in order to see how we best can incorporate it. So I would like for you to bring in our online community.
please stay here. Stay here. So, order of service. We will close this portion out and uh, go into our online. So our affirmation of life, I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of goodness. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding, and I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is.